0: Here to discuss all things male factor infertility from a black male's perspective. The good, the bad, the happy and sad journey. I'm Paul and this is my story. Hey guys, welcome to the Shooting Blanks Podcast. This is your host, Paul, and this is episode five, where I'm going to discuss donor sperm. So as most of you know by now that Alyssa and I decided to go with the use of donor sperm after the MtSE. So I wanted to just kind of discuss exactly how that entire process went, what we looked for, what we didn't look for, basically give you an idea of just what's in store for you if you do decide to go down this route. Now, as I've stated before, I don't think that donor sperm is for everyone. I think that's a decision that everyone must make on their own, and they have to do that what's best for them in that aspect. Some people are adamantly against it, Others were adamantly against it, like like I was, and came around to it. And I know others that were right for it as soon as they were told that basically the chances of them having sperm, even with an M T C, was 50-50 or even less. So some people resigned to the fact that they were going to use donor sperm right from the get-go. Whichever route you decide to take, I want you guys to always remember that that's your journey, that's your decision. It doesn't make it right or wrong for you and your loved one regarding on which which path you guys decide to take. Now, as for choosing donor sperm with Alyssa and I our clinic gave us four options. The first one was Fairfax Cryobank. The second one was Seattle Cryobank. The third one was California Crypto, Cryo, California Cryo. Oh my God, I do that all the time. California Cryo. And then the last one was Zytex uh, as the fourth one that they worked with. We signed up for all four services, all four sperm banks and whatnot to look at and get an idea of what we were going to be working with. As most of you probably know by now, or if this is your first episode I'm an African-American, so I'm black. Alyssa's white. So when we decided to pursue the donor sperm option in order for us to have a child, having a black donor was important for both of us, but especially me. My ethnicity and background and heritage is important to me. Um, I think for everyone it is. So that was just something that was non-negotiable for Alyssa and I regarding using sperm donor was that they had to be black right from jump street the pickings for a black sperm donor are very very small they have thousands of sperm donors in general but i mean i think each site that we looked at and each cryobank, i don't think we saw more than 10 on any of them so with four of them four times 10 40 so we're at 40 possible donors That's not a lot to take from because some things are kind of axed right away. There were some donors that only had IVF sperm, I believed, and we're doing IUI to start at least. That was that eliminated some right there. Then you get into the case of kind of trying to find someone that's similar to me. And a facial profile or even in a body profile because, you know, it just allows you me and I think to be a little bit more comfortable with the sperm donor and the use of donor sperm. So after that, it then came down to um, finding a sperm donor and picking whether we were going to do an anonymous Or an open ID sperm donor. So real quick before I get more into it, I'll explain the two. So anonymous sperm donor is exactly how it sounds. Basically, the the sperm donor doesn't give permission for their identity to be released to the donor conceived child at the age of 18 or just kind of so it's just anonymous. And then an open ID uh, there's different types, but most of them are at age 18. At age 18, the child can contact their biological parent and kind of get an idea of their biological makeup and DNA and whatnot. So it was not a hard choice. We originally were going to do Open ID. Unfortunately for us, we just couldn't find anyone that kind of fit our criteria of Open ID. You know, one finding. A black sperm donor, then finding a sperm donor with a similar makeup and build of me, and then finding a sperm donor that had the available sperm for the procedure that we were doing. Because again, IUI versus IVF are different. And then fourth, anonymous or open. So after getting the other three, you know, a black sperm donor, similar makeup to me having IUI sperm available, we really didn't have much left to pick from. I think we actually had two or three after that. And that's this is from four sper- different sperm banks, actually, where we, we got to like our final three. Originally, we actually had chose someone that was going to be an open ID and I was perfectly fine with it. I sent it to Alyssa to kind of get her thoughts and see how she felt about it. And she gave the okay, and I went back probably one to two hours to go order the sperm, and all of his vials basically went away. So it left us with it left us out of two, which both came to be anonymous donors at that point, and we chose the donor that we chose and uh, went from there. Also, another big part of choosing who we did choose was his availability, and the number of vials. So some had slim pickings or they they kind of took themselves out of the program and were no longer actively donating or just not, or they had hit their max with how many pregnancies they may have had and the likes. So that's also something that people have to be aware of. So we wind up choosing the donor sperm. The donor that we chose, we got five vials. Yeah, we purchased five vials through our sperm bank, and uh, had that shipped to our fertility clinic. Uh, They received it. We got an email that they received it. And then the procedure started from there. When going to do and choose a sperm donor, there are so many things that you have to, A, pay for, and B, just kind of be aware of. It was a lot. It was very very thorough and time consuming on our part with all of the banks you can um essentially either buy a subscription and i think it was like 500 bucks each one for like 90 days and you get access to basically all of the all of their all of the stuff that they sell they sell basically in order to choose a your donor. So for free, you get like the general profile. You might get a baby picture. You might get a silhouette of kind of what they look like in their build. You get a, maybe some sentences or a little bit of a background about them. You get their height, their weight, their college education, occupation, you know, if they're left-handed or right-handed, if they have like a widow's peak, if Their religion, their ethnicity, obviously, uh, what they kind of do in their spare time, if they play any sport, if they're athletic and things like that. Like you get those kind of things for free, but then other things you got to pay for, um, like the medical history, their parents and family's medical history, voice profile. We had to pay for their genetic testing. If they did genetic testing, we had to pay for their genetic testing. Regarding, you can buy those things under the subscription or you can buy the things essentially a la carte, one at a time, whatever you want to see, because maybe they don't have a lot of information on the one sperm donor or whatnot. So it's a lot. And like I said previously, it's a racket. These sperm banks are making hand over fist and money with this. And I don't think sperm don- donors get paid a lot. I know they get paid for their services, but I don't think they get paid substantially amounts of money, not at least similar to like egg donors or embryo donors. I know they can make a solid amount of money donating those. After we decided on the donor that we went with and going about choosing how many vials to order, we chose five because we do plan on having multiple children. So we felt like five was a good number, even number to come to terms with. And to use so we ended up going with five we chose california cryo as our after shipping because it's like two-day shipping or one-day shipping and the vials and then like a processing fee it was about five grand so it was essentially like a thousand dollars a vial which luckily thankfully for us we are financially stable enough we're paying five thousand dollars isn't hard I mean, it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, for anyone, I think. But it's not as if $5,000 broke the bank for us, thankfully. And I know we're in a place of privilege to say that. After that, we chose a donor, we purchased the sperm, and then we started the IUI procedures. I'll go into later detail about the IUI procedures and how nerve-wracking that is going through uh, some of the failed rounds that we went through. And you know, checking off, making sure that this is the right donor, this is like who we ordered, and this is the right. This is how many we have left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just kind of different, I guess, and I guess you can say strange regarding picking a donor. It really felt like it was kind of like build a baby, as to say, because you're even though it's only half, but you're like choosing. Who's going to be the DNA makeup of your child? Essentially, you're looking at, are they, I guess, quote unquote, worthy enough for you to choose them? It's very, very just strange. Um, And it's, I don't want to say it comes off judgy, um, even though it does, but it's, it's, it's weird because you're literally kind of, going down criteria after criteria about if you want to choose this donor or why you're going to choose this donor over this donor. We went with someone that was taller and necessarily, like I said, a larger body frame. It was just a really different experience that I don't think I would say that I, than I was expecting, but it's just something that I guess you don't understand how to act or react or process what you're doing until you're doing it. So I just had to come to terms with that. And we're okay. We're very glad with who we chose. The sperm donor and Alyssa will work and match um, when it comes to making the child, getting our pathway to parenthood. After that, it was... um, we so what it was so when we did choose the sperm donor, Alyssa then also went under genetic testing to make sure that none of the, um, neither one of them would you know possibly carry, possibly carry on something genetically that was wrong with the bait, with the with the child. I think both of them had to be either carriers or have the disorder for the child to possibly be a carrier or have the disorder too. So luckily with the donor that we did choose Alyssa and him with their disorders, none of it was a match. So they each had two separate ones. I don't remember exactly which ones they were. They weren't where it was a chance of the baby ever essentially either becoming a carrier or the chance of them having the disorder. So That was really good. We do plan on having multiple children. So with that, that's why we also went with five for the sperm donor and hopefully being able to use the same sperm donor, ideally for all of the children that we do decide to have just because we want them to be fully connected and understand once we tell them about the sperm donor, and we do plan on telling them rather early, but just telling them and they can, you know, cope and talk to each other about it as well and understand that they're not doing this alone. That's also a big part of who we chose because he was still active in the program. He didn't have many. He didn't have many um, pregnancies. He did have a few. He didn't have many, though, so it's not like he's going to necessarily be stopped from being able to to have more children any time soon, and I don't think there's a limit on how many children from the same family they can have. I know like it's like total. I think it was twenty five pregnancies is where they stop, but that's like separate couples essentially. So like one couple, if they have three kids, that still only counts as one quote unquote pregnancy for him. So he gets to have twenty five independent. Pregnancies with 20, essentially twenty-five different women or families being impregnated. After that, we um, we just kind of waited and got everything situated, and then started the process back in Mar Yeah, back in February, we started the process. As I've always talked about on this podcast, when it came to being doing this, it was always going to be open and honesty regarding it. Everything that I'm essentially going through from my perspective. And I do want to be cognizant that I know many of you listening to this podcast are still going down your own path of infertility and you may not always be ready to hear other people's successes or people becoming pregnant. So I've always wanted to be cognizant uh, regarding that. And when I, If and well, no, when I share about Alyssa and her becoming pregnant, I always will let you guys know before I do it or before I talk about her pregnancy while she's going through it. Uh, So if you guys wanted to skip something or not hear it or just so you're prepared again to be cognizant of how you're how you're of the people listening. I just know I, I understand how everyone's. Is different and hearing news that they weren't necessarily expecting, or you know, I have no idea how everyone's mental load is going when listening to this and things of that nature. So, I always wanted to be cognizant of that. So, with that being said, though, we do have some good news to share, and it is that Alyssa is pregnant. We had to go through two rounds of IUI, it wasn't medicated, and she is ex- we are expecting a child. December 1st is her due date. We're just ending the first trimester as you guys are going to be hearing this. We're excited, nervous, but we're also excited. It's something that's we've been working towards for the last four years and to see it finally coming to fruition kind of gives us hope and something that brings us together and closer to one another. I just wanted to share that little bit of news with everyone that's listening and asking me how is everything going with outside of that regarding the sperm donation and donor sperm and use of donor sperm i did get a few questions before asking me how did i truly come to terms with using donor sperm and one of the things that i wanted to say when i finally came to terms with using donor sperm was the number one thing was My love for Alyssa. Again, I love this woman with all my might, all my heart. And I never want to not be able to give her something or allow her something just because I can't. And that was one of the biggest factors of the fact that I knew Alyssa wanted to carry a child and how important that is to her. And not wanting to take that away from her. Just because I can't give her the biological connection of her being able to carry a child doesn't mean she shouldn't be able to carry that child. So that was the main driving force behind most of this. And number two was that DNA doesn't make a family. There's plenty of people that I love that I treat like family. My grandparents were very much so in taking in other people um, when they were on hard times or when they were in low points of their lives and letting them stay at home stay at their house and you know them becoming family i have so many friends or so many people that i call that are my cousins or that i call brothers or sisters that biologically were not related like we we have no biological connection but there's there's that connection that we just have and love for one another that I think doesn't um, that doesn't break from being not biologically connected. Those are the main two driving forces behind me being okay with using donor sperm. And the third one was I wanted a child. I really did want a child. You know, some so many people um, want children and decide to become childless because of the fact that they can't or don't produce sperm and have azospermia or that they're Spouse may just, she may not be able to carry children, whether it's because of resources, finances with the different types of medical procedures that it entails, or just their own, their own, their own belief that, you know, if they don't, if it's not biologically related to, to them, then they don't want to have the child to basically kind of forced to be child free. And there's nothing wrong with any of those choices. I don't want people to think that I'm judging anyone for those or chastising anyone for choosing that. Everyone has to make their own decisions and everyone has to make everyone has to make their own path, their own journey. This is this is you and your spouse's journey. You have to choose the path that you two are on the same page about and and go from there. So. That's all for episode five here at the shooting blinks podcast where I talked about my use of donor sperm. I always want to thank you guys for listening to me. So until next time guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You can hit the subscribe button. Leave me a review on wherever you get your podcast at Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher. I look forward to sharing this journey with you all. You can find me at shooting on Twitter, at underscore TSB podcast or email me at paul at shootingblankspodcast.com.